0: i
2: A Zoboti, altista que la lai, a omen, a cada osborchu. A Zoboti, altista que la lai, altista que la, la lai, a cada osborchu, omen. Pese del gamurtista del levar, a cada osborchu, omen. Se derga mortista del nevà, se derga mortista del nevà. Mi conosce lo nam, a me lo mesudal. Questa deriva de va. Mi conosce lo nam, a me lo mesudal. Questa deriva de va. Mi conosce lo nam, a me lo mesudal.
3: Questa Quiero orar, anillo suda.
4: Next song is uh, a dance number. It's also like a It's a nice Hasidic melody. Comes from the Ukraine originally. We use it often in the morning after after davening. We uh, have a little dance. Rabbi, what do you say? A new custom. <laughs>
5: i yeah.
6: see young child feels a shudder is this is new reality I This family who promised just one more day Mama's unsure should she read the paper Sadness at the same old news Crying as she keeps on reading How many moves to hear the answer to we're all our shames children with our tears he too do does cry he'll call back His most beautiful rose but can't we just say our goodbye yeah, The rich, the poor, the important ones, no exemptions, no exceptions. But there's one group who remain safe because their father Yaakov gave them a bracha. Our Tinoikois shall be Surabon, Biliyahi Mohra. Oh, we know that our suffering is only. So pure, no of their own, swaying back and forth in shul, kavan on every word. So we must dive in by their side, because we need that bracha too. So please give us the bracha, that yaka you gave you.
7: i
8: Call
5: khoy sae nuah
9: Редактор
10: Shove now, shove now, and we'll sing Oh, Invite your family and your neighbors, it's now your time. Gather to celebrate Eighty years a life of courage through times of senseless hate. Say to your waist, kept that smile and wiped our tears away. Promised us there'll come a time when we'll always say Shabbos now, Shabbos now. we am gonna go. gonna
1: the a.m. Friday morning, Arab Shabbos. Believe it or not, it's Arab Shabbos bracious We've gotten to the uh, very first Shabbos in the cycle of Torah reading, Shabbos bracious 5782. What number Shabbos is this of the year? Let's see, Rosh Hashanah was back. Uh, oh, it's the fourth Shabbos of the year already. Wow. <laughs> Time flies, doesn't it? But it's the first Shabbos in the cycle of Torah reading as we begin Parshas bracious and Safer bracious and the Torah uh, tomorrow. And uh, here we are in Erev Shabbos Brashas at JM and the AM. Friday morning, October the 1st, the 25th of Tishrei, the year 5782 on this Erev Shabbos Parshas Brashas with candle lighting at 6.17 in New York. 6.17 is our candle lighting time in New York. Make sure you know when things start where you are. We'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Maracheshvan is Wednesday and Thursday. Rosh Chodesh Mar is Wednesday and and Thursday, eighth day with its Shabbos. Now Achosenu, that was Eitan Katz and Baruch Levine. Muftach Shmuley Unger, Avremo, Avram Freed with Mizmar soda and before that his classic Avraham Yagel. Simcholiner and Hamalach. You heard Nigun, the a Nigun done by Simply Tzvat. Yehuda Glanz with Anilo Misugal, and of course Regesh, Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. Sunny today with a high temperature of 72. Then tonight, clear skies, low 57. Mostly sunny for tomorrow. And a high is 79 degrees. 83 right now in Yushalayim. 53 here in New York. As we say good morning at JM in the AM. Well, yesterday we spoke about the uh, passing of Raimusha Tendler. Um, the uh, accounts that I got yesterday and that I saw and that many of us saw of the um, a funeral service, uh, described a uh, an amazing genius, a Torah giant, somebody who was an expert in biology and medical ethics, and maybe most importantly, somebody who built an incredible Jewish community and was a real leader uh, from his pulpit of a national and international jury for decades, all that based up in Muncie, New York. And we remember Rabbi Tendler as we uh, unfortunately continue to lose some of the greats in our community who have been so influential and so key in uh, getting the uh, Jewish community to the point that we are at with the awareness of uh, so many important things, so many important issues, so many important uh, religious practices. Rabbi Tendler is a perfect example. Of someone who did just that um many of you may have heard already with tremendous sadness of the passing over by Dr David Eliach um, one of the founding members of Joel Broverman high School an absolute an absolute quintessential educator administrator teacher mentor. Um, the Yeshiva Flapush community, I would imagine, is in deep sorrow today. Rabbi Eliach uh, meant the world to everybody at the Yeshiva Flapush and his incredible influence in the world of Jewish education, both in this country and around the world, is one that's undeniable and one that is uh, laudable. Um, Rabbi Eliach's, uh funeral is scheduled for later this morning. Uh, I believe it's actually going to take place. The service will actually take place at the yeshiva of Flatbush in Brooklyn. And um there's a there's a certain atmosphere, a certain uh a certain um a a certain um a certain air, but an atmosphere that uh envelops the Jewish world when it loses some of its giants and people like Rabbi Tendler and uh, Rabbi Dr uh, Rabbi Dr Rabbi Dr Tendler and Rabbi Dr Eliach are uh, prime examples of people in our community who have had so much important influence and whose uh, incredible leadership and inspiration has uh, been the benefit of so many families and so many communities i would say worldwide but certainly uh, in this area uh, you talk about um, Jewish education on so many different levels from two people who were absolute experts in their own fields of academia and education and the effect, the positive effect that it had on so many. Speak to people in um, in so many different professions, whether it be uh, people who have gone on to be rabbayim, people who have gone on to become doctors, people who have gone on to become Educators, teachers, speak to them, and they will point to the mentorship of people like Rabbi Tenler and Rabbi Eliach uh, when they um, when they cite their influences as they were going through the process of being trained for their uh, respective positions. So the Jewish community has um, has continued to endure despite losses of some great um, some great people, some great leaders over the years, but it's a sad morning uh, when you think about the, uh, the week that we've had, uh, post Yontif hearing the news of, and then experiencing the, um, uh, the, uh, the funeral first of Rabbi Tenler and today, uh, Rabbi Dr. Yach, which is going to take place, uh, at the Yeshiva Flopbush. Don't take leadership for granted. Don't take the, uh, positive influence that one can have on future generations and the legacy that they leave their students, their children, their, um, their communities. Don't, uh, don't, don't underestimate it. Last night, somebody who was uh, a key figure in the Muncie community was describing to me what it was like to uh, grow up as a member of a Tendler schule. And a lot of things we take for granted, real Jewish leaders make sure to um, embrace. And uh, very often it's uh, those those principles they embrace and those lessons that they teach that go on to create amazing Jewish families down the road. And today we're talking about two men that were uh, instrumental in creating amazing Jewish families down the road. And I think they knew it, and I think they enjoyed it. And I think they uh, got tremendous nachas from it. I would certainly uh, make that argument, seeing the way they interact, which I had the pleasure of watching them interact in so- on social occasions with their students and, uh, and those that they had touched over the years. And they got tremendous nachas from it. Friday morning broadcast, JM in the AM, coming up less than an hour from now. It's our weekly update. Malcolm Holine will join us, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Weekly update coming up at seven forty AM Eastern Time. Harry Rothenberg with words about bracius. Rabbi Uden, of course, will speak about Parshus Bracius. It's all coming up. Oh, we also um we also have. Let me just confirm this so I have the uh have the information. Um let's see here. Yeah, Reb Avram Biederman, who wrote the English version of Rav Moshe on Chumash, comments and perspectives based on lectures of Rav Moshe Feinstein. The Bracious and Shmos volume is out. Reb Avram Biederman is the person responsible for the English version of this sefer. He will be with us this morning to discuss the brand new Chumash, Bracious and Shmos, uh, of Rav Moshe Fein- the brand new Rav Moshe Feinstein on uh, Chomish, I should say. Um, and we will do that later on this morning here at JMM. I'm assuming he will join us. I'm assuming he will join us at 8.35 this morning. So we will uh, be treated... To his perspective on the uh, brand new Rav Moshe on Chumash, which has just been released by Art Scroll. It's on Bracious and Shmos. Those of you who um, who tend to purchase everything that we recommend, which is a large group, I must say, thank God, uh, go to artscroll.com. You want to purchase Rav Moshe on Chumash and use promo code radio. Go to artscroll.com. The book is called Rav Moshe on Chumash, Make sure to use promo code radio. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos Parshus Bracious here at JM and the AM as uh, we continue with um, Avram Rosenblum and Diaspora at JM and the AM. <laughs>
3: What we do, not about the notes that we play anymore. As long as the feeling gets through, it's not about battles we fight anymore. Unless they're the ones within you. How she's. Temptation has waved all these two. Don't worry about how the game will play out. While the only
11: That you have as your chosen people,
3: i
1: A.M. in the A.M. Friday morning, of Shabbos. Rosh Chodesh, Mar Cheshvan, Wednesday and Thursday. I think we're going to have to do this song in its entirety a little later on. Leif Tahor's Birch Chodesh, dedicated to the memory of Lobo, or of Chaim Silber. And we're going to have to do it a little later on in its entirety. This is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the morning radio program. We're right on Listener's Sponsored Digital Radio, Around the World, the Web, and and the AlchumSingle Network, and of course in the beloved NSNF. To our news from Israel coming up, reminder, we have amazing programming all day, including this morning at 10 a.m. It's Mark Zamek with a brand new Erev Shabbos show, specifically for Erev Shabbos Parshas Bracious, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Speaking of Kedem, that was the song by Avram Rosenblum and Diaspora, that was Kedem. Anyway, that's coming up. Gali Israel Army Radio 2 pm
12: newscast next to Jam Sarayamina, Latbaka, <laughs> and Rishon. כתבתנו המדינית מוריה אסרף וולברג מוסרת כי בין השינויים המוצאים ביטול הצגת תעודת מתחסנו מחלים וההצגה של תו ירוק ובדיקתו באמצעות ברקות בלבד. קודם לכן נמסר על עוד ירידה בתחלואה מקורונה לרבות במספר החולים המאושפזים בית משפט בירושלים שחרר ללא תנאים ארבעה מהעצורים היהודיים באימותים סביב היישוב אביגיל בהר חברון. שני קטינים נותרו במעצר עד ליום ראשון. באימותים שהיו בחג עסוקות נפצע בין השאר ילד ערבי כבין חמש. נציג המשטרה אמר בדיון כי המשטרה לא יודעת עדיין לומר אם האירוע היה הדדי או של צד אחד את השני. ידיעה שמסר כתבנו שחר גליק. מפכן המשטרה רב ניצב יעקב שבתאי אומר כי במסגרת המאבק בפשיעה בחברה הערבית יש לקבוע בחוק רף אנישה מינימלי של שנת מעשר וקנס של 60 אלף שקלים על החזקת נשק. בשיחה שתרי שוטרי תחנת לב תל אביב, אמר שבטאי כי החקיקה בנושא מתקדמת. מנתונים שהציגו לקי יש עלייה של 22 אחוזים במספר התיקים שנפתחו בעבורות החזקת אמצעי לחימה, ומראשית השנה נעצרו בעבורות אלה קרוב ל-5,000 בני אדם, רובה ממכריה ערבים. כתבתנו הדס שטייף מוסרת כי מראשית השנה נתפסו כ-1,000 כלי נשק חם, אקדחים, רובים ותתי מקלעים, וכן מאות רימונים וקילוגרמים רבים של חומרי נפץ וחבלה. בתוך כך לוחמי משמר הגבול עצרו הלילה כשבמאות שוהים בלתי חוקיים בסביבת העיר העתיקה בירושלים. אסאל פלד מוסרת כי הם הוחזרו לשטחי יהודה ושמרון. המשטרה עצרה צעיר תושב חיפם בחשד ערד בעיר. התפשטה, ושישה מיושבי הבניין נפגו משאיפת אשן. מקצתם פונו לקבל טיפול בבית חולים. כתבנו בחיפה קובי מנדל מוסר כי המשטרה תבקש מחר להעריך את מעצרו של החשוד בבית משפט השלום בעיום. לידיעת נושאי הרכבת, ביום ראשון תופסק תנועת הרכבות בין תחנת האוניברסיטה בתל אביב עד לתחנות הרכבת ברעננה, וכן הרכבות בקו בער שבע הרצליה יופעלו בין תחנות בער שבע ותל אביב סבידו מרכז בלבד. זאת בשל התקדמות העבודות להקמת הקו הירוק של הרכבת הקלה בגוש דן. כתבנו מתן לוי מוסר כי הרכבות תשוב לסדרה ב-20 באוקטובר, ועד אז יעמדו לשירות הנושאים שירותי הסעים ללא תשלום. מזג האוויר לסוף השבוע עלייה קלה בטמפרטורות. אלה החדשות היום דני
3: Pina shabos ni coming on Li khodai di li
11: Shetty hard day shall as a hoy desh
3: i
1: That is, that is quite amazing. Thank you. Mim done by uh, Simcha Liner before that. Birchus HaChodesh in its entirety from Leif Tahar. You heard Lechad from Leif Tahar here at JM in the AM. Friday morning on this uh, October the 1st, day 25 of the month of Tishrei, getting set to begin the cycle of Torah reading again on this Erev Shabbos Parshas bracious with candlelighting time at 6.17. We mentioned earlier the passing of Rabbi Tendler. The funeral took place yesterday. What an unbelievable leader and an incredible impact he had on the Jewish community, <clears throat> really way outside of Muncie, New York as well. Not just the Jewish community he built there, but the influence he had on the uh, national and international Jewish community. Um, we also mentioned that um, Rabbi Dr. Eliach passed away. The funeral is going to take place later on today at Yeshiva Yet another leader who was so instrumental in the world of Jewish education and whose impact was felt all around the globe. Um, and he will be, um, he will be um, uh, buried in Israel at some point after Shabbos. Uh, but we are, um, as we move forward, new cycle of Torah reading, etc. We move forward as a community. It's impossible not to look back at some of the giants responsible for getting the community to where it is, and. Um, the people who are responsible for the incredible growth and amazing, amazing um, progress that has been made in the Jewish community over all these years, over all these decades. People like Rabbi Tendler and Dr. Eliach, good examples of that. Friday morning, uh, candle lighting at 6.17 in New York. Reminder, Rosh Chodesh Mar Cheshvan will be Wednesday and Thursday. Wednesday and Thursday, Rosh Chodesh Mar Cheshvan, a special Thank you to our friends at uh, Abel's and Hyman, those of you who want to start off your uh, Shabbos bracious in a delicious and wonderful fashion. Make sure you have as many A&H products in your home as possible. You may actually want to grill this Sunday. Why not? It's been a while since you've had a day to just, you know, kind of relax with the family. Sit back and uh, and not shop for yuntif and, and not go through all the yuntif preparations. You finally have an opportunity to slow down. Well, try some A and H hot dogs. You'll be glad you did. They're absolutely amazing. Enjoy ten percent discount with promo code RADIO at kosherdogs.net. That's kosherdogs.net. Try A and H today. Amazing products. Delicious products. Great products for the kosher consumer. J.M. in the A.M. Friday, Harry Rothenberg has a perspective on Parshas Brachas. Harry Rothenberg and his words on Jewish education and Parshas Brachas.
13: Here he is at J.M. in the A.M. There's an upsetting and tragic story that's been in the news lately about the engaged couple who went out on a several month long trip. They were chronicling on various social media posts until he went back home to his parents' house driving her van without her in it and would not tell her parents where she was or what happened to her. There was a massive search and unfortunately her body was found and the cause of death was ruled a homicide. If you think about it, it's not the first time in history that we saw a story like that. We're all familiar with the story right at the beginning of the Torah, chapter 4, of Genesis, Sporacious, Cain killing Abel, Cain killing Hevel. We know that God confronts him and Cain infamously says, am I my brother's keeper? One commentator says that the entire rest of the Torah is written to answer that question, yes you are. But what about their parents? One commentator explains that their parents also asked Kaim, where's your brother? And he apparently pulled the same Am I My Brother's Keeper stunt. So they went looking for their son Hevo and they found his body. They couldn't understand what was going on. They weren't familiar with death. They didn't understand why he wasn't responding to them, why his heart wasn't beating. They were crying, trying to figure out what had happened and what to do until a raven showed them because a fellow raven had also died. And so in full view of Adam and Eve, Adam and Chava, the raven buried its colleague, showing them that it was appropriate to bury their son, which they did. Looks like a very nice thing, teaching proper burial for a dead person. But one commentator says that the raven actually had a sinister motive. Because ravens, the sages tell us, are known for their cruelty. They don't properly care for their young. So the raven was hinting to Adam and Chava Don't worry about it. Stick your kid in the ground and go back to your life. It's not a problem. You don't have to be involved in your kid's lives at all. To which we say, no, Mr. Raven, you're wrong. The sages tell us that there's a hint to all 10 of the 10 commandments in the prayer of Shema. You'll ask, where is there a hint to don't murder? And the answer is in two words, vishinantam levanecha, and you should teach God's commandments to your children, if you don't provide a Jewish education to your children, you are spiritually killing them. And I know we all know it can be difficult. It can be difficult finding the right educators. It can be expensive or it can be both. And we have to be worried about the other extreme. If we force feed it to them, if we ram it down their throats, that can also spiritually kill them by suffocating them. And that can also be difficult because we know what's right, and we know how beautiful Judaism is, and we want to share with them, and we want them to be just like us. But if you push too hard, if you force it, it's going to backfire. And so we have to, as parents, as teachers, as colleagues, as friends, as siblings, as relatives, walk that path between those two extremes of total apathy. I don't have to worry about someone else's Jewish education, even that of my own child. You do. Or I gotta make sure, I gotta force it on them. No, don't do that. Walk that path and make sure not to spiritually kill or suffocate your children, our children.
7: I'm going to go to the water, the rain, i Ich bin die die Ich mein Herz, die hast doch dem Schlüssel, wie die weißt du, ich Ich will nicht gut, nicht nein, nur auf der
4: גדולה בינות ערב צועד במלא הסדרה חושב על דברים שכאלה שאחרי שקיעה יש זריחה שוב יוצא אל הדרך בצלילה אל תוך מחשבות כם שלמה בשירו אל המלך (laughs) יש אותם רגשות כמועים לא את לא לא רבים, מים רבים בחוץ כבר שקע השמש ובפנים נדלק לי האור פנס שמעיר את הדרך הלך לחזור כמו היה Mumit bar at Zamela Kshamin, Veshwamash Yadashiva Tain, Kata Beshira Shirim, Shemaim Rabin, Goyahuru, Lekhabot,
1: A.M. in the A.M. Ruli azrahi with Mayim Rabim. Uh, before that, that great Avram Freed medley off of Project Relax. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. Parsha's Bracious, believe it or not. We are back at the start. Thank God we got here, Baruch Hashem. Candle lighting 617 on this Erev Shabbos, at least in New York, 617. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Rosh Chodesh Cheshvan will be Wednesday and Thursday. We'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Cheshvan will be Wednesday and Thursday. So keep that in mind. Wednesday and Thursday, Rosh Chodesh. Listener Arnie, your suggestion on the app is 100% spot on. Arnie uh, does indicate after his suggestion that he's going to be uh, sending something today to fjbunity.org for another 39 years. Happy anniversary. For another 39 years to come serving us with your energy. Thank you, thank you, Bli Ein Hara, Bli Ein Hara, thank you so much. Uh, Aja Carpool Number Two Hundred Four is back on the road after Yom Tov, preparing for their annual themed Bracious kiddish. Listener Daniel is going to be working hard today. Maybe he'll be going to our uh, favorite donut place to get some uh, kiddish items or for the uh, kiddish for Parshas Bracious. Who knows? <laughs> uh, Terry says, "Boker Tov." Thanks once again for keeping me company on my drive. This time from Carme Gat to Efrat. Unbelievable. Chaya says, Baruch Dayan Emet on the passing of Rabbi Dr. David Eliach, an educator extraordinaire who affected the course of Jewish education both in Israel and the United States, and uh, no truer statement has been made. And Rabbi Eliach's uh, funeral is going to be taking place at Yeshiva Flatbush this morning. Listener Yudi says, have a wonderful Shabbos. Thank you. Boker Tov and Shabbat Shalom from listener Tikva in Israel. Thank you, thank you. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nachum Sigil Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. Oh, we have a communique from listener Sina. She says, good morning and uh, good air of Shabbos. Thank you for yesterday's birthday shout out. To make your day, here's another one. (laughs) Huge shout out to my granddaughter, Hadassah Kreindler-Gifter, celebrating a birthday today. Hadassah, I hope you have a fabulous day and many more birthdays and good health till 120. It was so special spending Yom Tov with you and Avraham. Love you tons and look forward to sharing birthdays and simchas together in the future. With much love, from Bubby, Florida, who, by the way, folks, talk about this being scandalous. Bubby, Florida, supposedly, is spending an inordinate amount of time in New York. Just want that I want that out there. She has been spending a lot of time up north for someone who's known as Bubby, Florida. So keep your eyes out. You may see her in this part of the country as she continues to celebrate. Thank God. Friday morning, Arab Shabbos, Malcolm line, and more all coming up at JM in the AM. Cohen with Revi Schwabel and Company, a song simply entitled
3: Shabbos.
1: <laughs> is Rahi before that, Friday morning broadcast, JM and the AM, Shabbos Bracious. We start the cycle of Torah reading yet again, Baruch Hashem, uh, on this uh, Erev Shabbos Parshas Barashas, candle lighting at 617 in New York. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Uh, Coming up later on in the 8 o'clock hour, we're going to be speaking to Rabbi Avram Shlom. Excuse me, we're going to be speaking to um, Rabbi Avram Biederman. Rabbi Avram Biederman is responsible for the English... um, the English adaptation from the Hebrew of Rav Moshe on Chumish. It's a brand new Art Scroll release. Go to ArtScroll.com, use promo code radio. Again, ArtScroll.com, promo code radio, Rav Moshe on Chumish. The Bracious and Shmos is out. We'll use the opportunity today to sneak in yet another Dvar Torah in addition to our normal ones on Friday um, because of the release of a brand new book and the fact that it's Erev Shabbos, Parshis Bracious. All right, Biederman will join us later on this morning here. At JM in the AM. Candlelighting at 617 in New York. Rosh Chodesh Mar Cheshvan is Wednesday and Thursday. We'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Mar Cheshvan is Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, Keep in mind our friends at JewishWorldReview.com. If you're looking for thousands of articles on Israel and the Jewish world to print out before Shabbos and to uh, explore um, in your attempt, like we try to do, to make sense of what's going on in this world, uh, then go to com before Shabbos, print out all those articles and use them as resources for your further education about this interesting world of ours. By the way, weekly update note, um, Malcolm, uh, homeline might be traveling next week or actually will be traveling next week. Uh, but in terms of our poss- of the possibility of doing a weekly update that we're not sure at this point. So we will, uh, Let you know as soon as we know regarding next week. The good news is he's with us this week. Malcolm Honline is executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He's with us Friday, 7.40 a.m. Eastern time for the weekly update. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM in the a.m.
14: Thank you. uh, We wish everybody a healthy winter and hope that the Yom Tovim went very well and everybody is healthy.
1: We'd like this winter to be one where the... uh, where the where the typical annual flu and this new thing that we've come to uh, come to grips with called COVID uh, does not in any way uh, that they do not in any way uh, increase and God forbid uh, slow down the progress that we're making. Let's hope for a very calm and healthy winter for everyone, as you pointed out, Mr. <sighs> a lot, lot to be thankful for if we can make it through another winter without any major problems. Uh, the Jewish community has uh, suffered a couple of significant losses. So we mentioned, of course, that yesterday was the funeral of Rabbi Tendler. Uh, today, at Yeshiva Flapush, Rabbi Dr. Eliach, uh, is going to be remembered uh, at the funeral service before his um, uh, remains are sent to Israel for burial. And Malcolm, I mentioned earlier that uh, uh, these are two people who, as, as we continue to lose some amazing giants in recent years in our community, but two people who have had such global influence from their own purchase in local areas, whether it be Brooklyn, Muncie, wherever it is, had such uh, international influence in the field of education, Rabbi Tendler's case, obviously, in, in science and Talmud, uh, and and leadership in general, and I think one can say that the, uh, uh, the, the inspiration uh, that men like this and leaders like this have given generations uh, will in fact be felt for generations in our community.
14: Certainly these were two giants, and um, it's a loss for their families, a loss for the whole community. The uh, uh, Dr. Eliach, Rabbi Eliyahu, uh, and his wife um, and were, were uh, educators par excellence, but also activists, people with whom we worked at Soviet jury and so many other causes over the years. Rabbi Tendler, the same. I mean, he was a courageous spokesman uh, on the issues that... He cared. He was way out in front when when he developed, uh, I think it was called Interferon, to deal with cancer, and it was something that made many of the magazines and newspapers. Um, And he, uh, but more than that, he was somebody that uh, people turned to for uh, guidance, and he, in turn, often turned to his Schwer, uh, Moshe Feinstein, Tzatzel, and... and one co- very courageous moment when he brought a message to to the big solidarity day rally from um uh, that was uh, transformative in its impact. And um, uh, I know that uh, certainly from Muncie, where he was based, to to impact all over the world to Jewish community.
1: I didn't realize he was the facilitator for that message, and that was a message, obviously, that was many more than 30 years ago because there hasn't been a Solidarity Sunday rally in more than 30 years. Uh, those of you who are uh, on the young side out there, you should ask your parents and grandparents about the gatherings that used to take place in New York and other cities in order to free uh, Soviet Jews and make their plight heard around the world, and especially in places like Washington. And Moscow—that's a whole discussion for a different day. Um, the, the only thing I wanted to add was that—and uh, and you're so right—and obviously, you and I and everybody has, you know, experienced over the last few years a loss of a lot of great leaders. I mean, these are two examples of great leadership, and I, and I just hope, I hope and pray uh, that they've left a legacy that will continue to produce more leaders, so that when generations, um, uh, um, when further generations uh, look back at the people who are leading uh, the Jewish world. Uh, for them and their children, they have the same fondness and the same faith in the leadership of the Jewish community that we have had in people uh, like those who we've recently lost. I think sometimes as we get older, we we, we become skeptical uh, about those that we uh, eventually will leave behind and their capabilities. But I think, Malcolm, Jewish history has proven that there is a legacy that continues. In fact, today, being Erev Shabbos bracious I mean, teaches us this, right? We start all over again. We start from scratch, so to speak. And we get to the point where we uh, where we get closer and closer to the uh, uh, to the ultimate end of the story. So I just hope that a future generations are able to produce leaders like we've seen in our lifetimes. Right. Uh, a lot of news. Most people want me to start with Iron Dome. I think you need to give us a little lesson. Uh, how is it that Iron Dome legislation, which we always just assumed was part of regular foreign aid legislation or a foreign aid bill? Uh, all of a sudden, became a uh, a separate issue, and actually ended up getting tossed into this you know trillion dollar infrastructure plan. How did the machinations in Washington bring Iron Dome uh, to to a, an unwanted attention over the last couple of weeks?
14: Okay, so for for one, this is not part of the regular allocation—the 3.3 billion that Israel gets. This was an additional allocation to supplement. Uh, the losses that Israel suffered in the war—I mean, the depletion of its stockpile of Iron Dome rockets. Remember, four thousand rockets were fired at Israel. They had to respond um, to the vast majority of them with the Iron Dome, unless they were the computers determined they were going into uh, empty areas. So this was something the president had promised. Uh, Israel requested a president promised, and they had a standalone measure that was going to address it. The leadership in the House, in an attempt to try and draw votes for the bigger bill, added this in, and so some of those who objected object on the basis that this it was inappropriate to put this in in this allocation bill, uh, and others like uh, our friends in the squ- uh, squid um, <laughs> who objected in in supposedly in principle. Though, as we saw in the subsequent vote, it's a little bit more confused than that. But they, um, but because of an anomalous situation, that they needed every single vote in order to pass it. Lacking Republicans, they couldn't afford to lose any Democrats. So these, the extremists, uh, used this as leverage against the um the leadership and forced them to with to, to pull it from the the bill. It wasn't a defeat. It wasn't something, you know, as the headlines all say. And then subsequently a bill just on this was introduced and it passed four hundred and twenty to nine. So it shows the almost nearly unanimous support for the measure and support for Israel. Uh even the AOC you know voted present and vote against it and some others uh, who had opposed it in the earlier vote voted for it um, but it it's overwhelming the problem is that everybody rushed in and jumped on this in the initial bill without understanding the dynamic of what was behind it to make these headlines which to which can continue to be reproduced that uh, israel lost iron dome was defeated uh, and the fact that you had shortly thereafter almost a the unanimous vote in the house on this, uh, gets lost in the, in the shuffle, and it was a trap. It was a um, you know a unique set of circumstances, but the I think the final vote was really the telltale one, and very critical. And we have uh, I think very broad support, as evidenced by that.
1: So it should never have been in that infrastructure bill to begin with. Right. Okay. Um, if that's the case, that – oh, and by the way, we should go through the nine for a second. And honestly, I'm not expecting you to know everything about all of these members of the United States House. But obviously, Tlaib, Omar, Presley, Bush, uh, those are – these
14: are all the regulars and expected. Right. You know what the mistake is? We should not – we should talk about the 420 because every time we give them more oxygen, more air, more visibility, their constituents should know, and they, should, they have elections coming up. They can vote uh, you know their views. But the problem is that we're putting constantly them in the forefront, which only empowers them more, enables them to raise more money. You have to see their mailings, uh, AOC's well, well, daily mailings well, on, on fundraising. Well, we're not used to
1: high-profile members of the House of Representatives getting this kind of attention. But they're not
14: high-profile. They're made high-profile because of, the, of, of them taking these ornery positions. And we constantly, we the media primarily and, and uh, others, primarily focus on them. They should be dealt with, but the, I think that we have to be much more strategic in our approach. And, and what's the incentive to the other 420 when the, the, all the oxygen gets uh, you know, sucked out by these uh, outliers, right. which clearly they are? But
1: if, the, but if the media has made them high profile, then we have no choice. Those who are pro-Israel, including the 420 and including people like us who care about Israel— to have our voices heard, and it just seems, it just seems, and I don't know if this is a knock on APAC or others, I'd love to get your comment about w- what you think should have been done on an establishment level, but it does seem that this went by without too much commentary from those Jewish organizations that we would expect to be at the forefront against what happened i get that the media has made darlings of these people and i understand that the media has portrayed it as a defeat for israel and a defeat for iron dome but that's the you know how it is perceptions reality
14: now so, so- exactly and that's why i don't want to keep talking about them i want to talk about the, we have really critical issues that that confront us the 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 perception that they're creating that and driving then further the democrats away from from pro-israel positions if we keep demonizing I mean there's plenty to worry about and on that side of the island. There's plenty to be concerned about about the munition of support, whatever, uh, and and on a whole variety of issues that are are coming up and will be coming up. So for, first of all, the criticism that I've seen from some about what did the organization say, they said a lot. The problem is it doesn't get picked up, and most of the it appears in Twitter because the newspapers don't pick it up. They're not interested in the comments, except if they get, you know, somebody from one of the outlying Jewish organizations that you know supports them or expresses uh, you know some sympathy for their position or tries to defend them. Um, and so you know they become dogs. In part, we contribute to it. So there was a lot of reaction. I think people who thought about it. Weighed what was the most the most effective response, and not because of of uh, you know fear of of standing up for it. And you know that APAC has run ads against some of these people, and is being attacked by um, uh, some members of Congress uh, saying that 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 Israel is buying the election and interference because APAC took ads exposing them and criticizing things that they have said or or votes that they have taken.
1: The two lawmakers who voted present, Ocasio-Cortez of New York and Hank Johnson of Georgia, I have no idea why he voted present. I don't know what the point was that he was trying to make. But in terms of her situation, she was was, uh, not arguably, she was noticeably against this Iron Dome legislation passing, made it very clear publicly, and then changed the official vote to present. Um, the, 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 um, the conjecture is that she's looking for a Senate seat, that she's going to go up against Chuck Schumer. And she felt that altering this vote would have an impact on that election. Now, do you think that's ridiculous or do you think that has some validity to it?
14: This is all speculation. And again, we're spending all the time on, on, on her, and not on. The, everybody knows what her views are by now. It's an she important, vote, regardless sentancy. of whether she voted for this particular thing in terms of the Senate uh, speculation. Everybody knows where she stands on these issues. This does not uh, rectify anything uh, in terms of her her record. And I think that that uh, I I don't understand there and I certainly can't say why she. I've not seen a real explanation about why she voted, even though I saw. Which made some statements about it um, and, there, and as I said some of the others said they didn't vote against it because they were against Iron Dome right. uh, and there were some that showed that when people their constituents contacted them and said this is a defensive weapon remember this is not an offensive weapon this is not this is purely defensive it saves the lives of Jews and Arabs in Israel and it, American troops are being protected by Iron Dome it's a, a joint america israel project that, that has revolutionized missile defense and when you're facing 150,000 missiles in the north and 30,000 40,000 still in gaza and producing more and iran getting more in and others right. that uh it it's a it's so vital and it's it, that's why that it's so hypocritical when they you know Expressed or took this uh, the advantage of this vote, right. there was no basis for it.
1: Right, I get all this, but when, when someone like her could potentially be a United States Senator from New York, and there are people. I do pe-
14: not believe she could potentially be a Senator from New York. Oh,
1: I've heard predictions that.
14: Okay, ha- uh, so we, we each have our views. Right. It's all speculation. That's no, my point. I, un-
1: I understand that, but I'm just saying that with that as a possibility, one has to wonder. Have we lost something in Washington? Has the pro-Israel community lost something in Washington, and and even in New York? Or is this you know is this naturally the way things work, where groups that you know traditionally were not heard or didn't have the voice or power uh, in Washington, or again you know in state houses around the country, now suddenly you know th- times have changed and now they're more influential. I'm trying to get to the point about how responsible the Jewish community is or the pro-Israel community is for all of this. We have our own. We have our own people within our own communities that are that are taking positions similar to the squad when it comes to Israel, and it's and it's disheartening and it's terrible. And we're losing that battle. We are losing a lot of people within the, the within our own community. I'm not talking about the Orthodox community. I'm sure you know what I mean when I'm talking about the national Jewish community. So uh, you know, so that has to be explored about how we're losing it on that front. But in addition to that, I wonder if this is a a battle that. You know, is going to start going the wrong way because we're not paying enough attention to it, and people are not in touch with members of the House who are voting pro. Is you know, 420 just voted. You want to talk about the 420? Every single person listening right now, and we know we're reaching a lot of states. <laughs> we know it from our recent fundraiser. We're talking to people in a lot of places in this country. Every one of them should be contacting their Congressperson about the positive vote that that just went down in Washington for Iron Dome, and we're not we're not t- playing an active enough role. And I worry that if we don't,
14: you know, if we... I I listen, I get it. I've talked about this for 20 years on the show, and I agree completely. They should have, everybody should be thanking their members of Congress. Everybody should be inviting them to their schools, to their communities, and talking to them about these issues, reinforcing the positive and confronting the negative. It it is true that a lot of the young people are not being educated, don't understand. Uh, People are taking for granted the uh, assistance that Israel gets from the fact is that every vote is going to be more complicated, especially with the economic conditions with other things, we should never take it for granted. We have to be on top of each situation. You have to address it though in an intelligent way in a strategic way. It means it has to be planned you don 't just do knee jerk reactions. We have to do much more to to activate our community and broaden the base of involvement. And those elements that are extreme in our own communities uh, should not be the ones that get all the uh, oxygen sucked out. But to focus on the vast majority and to look at the broader community, where it's true on the democratic left, we are losing support. we even lose support amongst evangelicals. And Soros uh, organizations are, are funding, you know, trips to 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 the um, uh, Palestinian areas. Uh, we have to work on every one of these fronts, and so we are in covid of course, you know impinged on it on our abilities to 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 have groups go to israel for and for so many other things in person meetings conventions. We have to now make up for a lot of lost time yeah, but it's it 's imperative and and it 's not because things aren 't being done, things are being done. We discuss all of these things and are planning it uh, for for a long time already uh and Given the realities, we we have to work around
1: them. We have so much to catch up. On. You're so right. We have so much to catch up on in terms of activism because of COVID. By the way, this now I'm I'm confused because the whole Rand Paul story. This is now has to be approved by the Senate, or yeah. but 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 it, it's not in danger of not passing in the
14: Senate, is it? No, he can just he can hold on. he ah. can prevent it from becoming just a Got automatic vote.
1: Uh, it's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program, heard on listener sponsored digital radio. Round the World, the web at and the NahumSegal Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Is there a chance that Iraq is going to recognize Israel?
14: No, there's no chance that right away Iraq will be uh, the next partner in the Abraham Accords. It is a longer-term prospect. There was a remarkable gathering uh, organized in Erbil by an American group, um, and 300 people from Iraq... Uh, from Kurdish areas, it was held in Erbil as part of Kurdish areas and included some really leading people in in Iraq It was a um, and they issued a declaration calling for Iraq to have peace with Israel to recognize israel uh The Iraqi government uh, claimed not to have known about it in advance and uh now issued arrest warrants for some of the participants uh the Kurdish uh region is protecting those who who live there and the um and you know for a long time there have been very close ties between uh kurdish regimes and uh israel and uh uh there's a long history to it uh, and a long history of uh in, of Jews in iraq you know at one time jews were uh between the third and a half of the people in in baghdad and um uh, there there's uh you know obviously a history of thousands of years that, in in uh, in Iraq, so uh, the, the the likelihood of them moving now. Th- don't forget, they're under tremendous pressure from Iran all the time. They would like to break out from that. The the they've acted against some of the Iranian militias who occupy the areas along the border with Syria on both sides, actually, of that border with Syria, and they have taken actions when they were displeased with some of the things the government of Iraq did but the people in Iraq I think want to throw off this yoke um but for the time being I think uh right now we have to protect these uh, these people and try to see our government and others uh, speak out on their behalf and try to intercede with them Iraq is playing a different role which is very important and that is convening Iran and Saudi Arabia and the prime minister um uh, Qadimi, uh, has been acting as a go between he organized a conference with Egypt and Jordan, and then a much broader one where they brought in the other countries um, trying to make both Iraq relevant and as a hub for the developments in the region and also um, trying to to advance an agenda which would give them the basis to become uh, more uh, independent um, so th- these conferences. <laughs> we are not considered to be, you know, one-time events. They're trying to build this as a as a pattern, and to move these conferences to other capitals. Sounds, as well.
1: Sounds like they're making their own Abraham Accords. <laughs> the way well, they're trying to
14: reach out. <laughs> yeah, but you know, there's a vacuum right now. People feel and sense a vacuum. But I would there's think the this... perception of the U.S. withdrawing, the other things, Iran, Russia, China, others are moving in. Uh, Turkey and Iran take advantage of it whether it's in Syria, whether it's in the whole region. But
1: do the Iranians and the Saudis have that many common interests?
14: They have common concerns, like Yemen. That's Saudi Arabia's major issue. Um, I think what it wants from them, also it wants them to stop arming the, the Houthis in Yemen with these missiles and the drones and the other things. Um, I would not give too much significance on the substantive level about it. I think it's it's meant be a show, I think, that they, you know, it's Saudi Arabia cut off its relations with Iran back in January of 2016 uh, after they stormed, Iranians stormed the uh, Saudi diplomatic facilities um, because uh, Saudi Arabia had executed a Shiite cleric, uh, Nirmar al Uh So the, the uh, you know, again, what people see on the surface is not exactly what the... Um, um what the real significance but i i will say that i do think it's the perception of america's withdrawal from the region or lessening of commitment whether true or not uh that is driving a lot of what people are doing because as you said perception is the reality right. that's what they perceive that's what they act on
1: uh the iran deal we want to get to in a second but before that the, the new york times made a big deal about those who are trying to leave iran I, I would think that's always been consistent over the last many years. Is it the new regime in Iran that's that's accelerating people's desire to get out of the country?
14: Absolutely. Young people want to get out because unemployment amongst young people is over 40% because they have no hope in the economy. They don't want to live under the restrictive regime. Right? You see, uh, is obviously, even more extreme... Uh, though it's only matters of degree, then Rouhani, but Khamenei, see Khamenei is still the guy who makes the determinations and and the rules. Um, I think that they're diddling us on on the Vienna talks. They are continuing to to engage in all sorts of uh, uh, hostile activities. You know that you saw that the one of the generals who said that we have established six armies, and including that the Syrian army, Hamas, Hezbollah, uh, Islamic Jihad. Uh, the Iraqi popular mobilization forces and the six of the Houthis in in Yemen and you know showing that they have this young this dynamic position and the young people in Iran see that covid is killing uh, many more people than they admit that the educational opportunities are nil that the restrictions on them uh, grow all the time and so they and they have no hope of of a of a change what really is important right now, by the way, in regard to Iran that American media has not picked up at all, is that there's a massive buildup of Iranian troops along the Azerbaijan border, as you know thirty million Azeris live in Iran but more than live in in azerbaijan and Azerbaijan has linked with Turkey in the war in armenia Iran uh, strangely has backed uh, Armenia against Their Muslim brothers, I mean, being a Christian country, and the that situation is very uh, tense. Uh, Erdogan visited the the area some time ago, the near the border, and he he read a poem, which was considered uh, irredentist. You know that he that called for. Uh, uniting the Azeri populations or some tribute to them.
1: Well I was just going to ask you, what's the Turkish and Russian response to this buildup along the Azerbaijan border?
14: So Russia, wants this is in charge of the peace in, in Armenia, positioning themselves brilliantly in that regard. Um, Turkey never entered. I mean, Iran had mass troops on the border, but never entered in part because Turkey and Israel was involved. Now the Iranians are saying that they don't want the Zionists on their northern border, uh, the uh meaning the Israeli presence and Israel has very close relationships with azerbaijan very complicated and military economic and other ties which are very open um so while they see the you know continuing to see some explosions during the week which don't even get much attention anymore at an i r g s uh, research center in one of the airports and uh, and and in Syria at some of their um supply depots. I don't even know if
1: Israeli news sources had that.
14: (laughs) You know, I I can't. That's true. (laughs) I'm telling you, I don't Uh, think it is really. Yeah, so (laughs) this is, you know, you have so many conflicting things, Saudi Arabia and Iran sitting and talking. It's not what it appears to be, I think. The same thing here, where nobody pays attention to what potentially could become a very explosive situation and ignite the region where you would pit Turkey against Iran, Turkey with Azerbaijan against Iran. Iran maybe bringing trying to bring in other forces. Iran is trying to um, reconcile, you know, work with the Russians and the Chinese, they're, especially the Chinese, they're selling oil to the to them. The uh, US has asked oil uh, uh China not to buy it and yet there we know that they're continuing to do so with the price going up. That's what enables Iran right now to continue some of its uh, its activities and the same time turkey is reaching out to iran to russia um you know it's it's all self-serving and and the the animosities between them are very deep the iranians hate the russians they occupied the country in world war 2 and didn't leave the the um, obviously turkey and russia have a long history of of animosity uh, erdogan is very strategic in in the way he does things and reaches out so we have a lot of things in flux. I mean, I can't even begin to go through all of the issues that we, we see right now. You know, Lapid can visit Bahrain, meet the king, open an embassy, put up a mezuzah with the, them, uh, and the, um, it, the many of them are visiting Israel. Uh, same time coming with the first commercial flight from Bahrain, landed in Israel. Morocco started the regular flights, and yet at the same time we see these very disturbing developments moving in the opposite direction.
1: Wow, unbelievable. And and, and again, it looks to me that the Iran deal, or at least the uh, speculation about what direction it's going in, is getting a little bit more attention in the American media, uh, prompted comments from the Secretary of State, who sort of sounds like he's starting to give Iran some type of deadline, and they're, of course, demanding... Uh, less sanctions. Was it the U.N. get together uh, over the last couple of weeks that brought this more to the forefront or things are just developing in terms of possibility of an Iran U.S. agreement?
14: Yeah, not much happened at the U.N. thing that we had many meetings with heads of state, with uh, foreign ministers from Russia, from Saudi Arabia, from many of the Arab countries and others. Um, uh, maybe we'll perhaps talk about it in the future um, but we got many insights into to what's happening, and, and hearing it from the perspectives of from their side rather than ours uh, enables us to have a much better uh, uh, picture of of what is happening. How would they like to see the U.S.
1: government handle this? Meaning, they deal with Iran.
14: So um, many would like to see us be tough with Iran. Um, none of them are. Most of them are not ready to. We see that the Europeans are still. Uh, inconclusive and um Germany now has this uh, 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 you know uh Outcome of an election where you could have a three-part government, but I don't know that that could ever work in any country. Oh, Israel has it too, you yeah. know. So <laughs> they, work, maybe right? they're following that model. But you know, with Merkel exiting the scene and Macron facing election and also having domestic problems, they are still looking to get back into the deal. But they they see that Iran is violating more and more blatantly every one of the standards. Uh, right? You see said and as government has said now, in the last couple of days, well it 'll be in the near future that they 'll get back. Others tell me they don 't see the prospect coming back. They barred the inspectors again in the last weeks, after, even after making a deal with the IEA that they would turn over the cameras and let them go in and repair them. They took the cameras and the films and we refused to give any of the information to the IEA, so they 're violating on every front. And, you know, so there's increased frustration. There's talk about new sanctions that the United States and others are are going to impose. And that's really what counts. I mean, if they, if Iran, whose economy is in complete collapse, and the exodus of the young people is one manifestation of that, but it's in complete collapse, uh, uh, the infrastructure, the drought that impacts so much of the country, the, um, the lack of facilities and medicine and other things, not because of the boycott, but because of the government uh, malfunctions. So the the critical um, uh, stage we're at now in, 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 that Iran is in, so they will flay f- out. They could do it by escalating tensions. They can do it by um, uh, m- more activities to heat up the region. You know, they could turn on Hamas, Hezbollah, uh, Abbas, you know gave a one year ultimatum to end the occupation and you know he he also can play a role uh in, in this in heating up the situation though it's not in his interest and i think he has uh, limited capacities uh, right now and their economic conditions also are are terrible but it's expanding and and uh, i just one other thing is that the events in afghanistan have impacted all of this it's lowered the confidence. It's raised a lot of questions about what Afghanistan's role, whether al-Qaeda, ISIS coming back. for yeah. so these governments are on the front line, all of them.
1: Yeah, as uh, most predicted would happen. Uh, how did he do, the uh, prime minister of Israel, how did he do with the U.N.?
14: I think he did fine. He, you know, people keep saying, oh, he's did not be, he, didn't do, he didn't want to be B.B. He wanted to be Bennett. He wanted to... To communicate a message, and I will tell you that many of the leaders that we met talked about that the um, atmosphere is more calm or whatever, uh, because BB was a real force. And remember, for 12 years, I mean, he was the prime minister, and he, uh, um, you know, set the tone and and the pattern. And you have to look at the amazing accomplishments. And now the Bennett government, I think, which many people didn't think would last this long, has and seems to be, you know, functioning. He talked about it when we had there was a meeting on Monday with him, and you know he said that these are parties that he never thought he would be working with, but it is working, and they, you know, they focus on the common interests. You have to be strategic about it, he said, and the um, looking about how you build unity and and. Uh you know, he, each prime minister is different. Each one brings their own style. Yeah. And I th- I think he's Bibi- got limitations by virtue of the kind of coalition he has.
1: I think BB had an advantage at the U.N., that uh, the American media at that point uh, was ready to help him with the panic about Iran. Now I think they just ignore it. Like I mean you could you could speak to your blue in the face about it now they they couldn't care less Yeah, but he
14: would do dramatic things like the the drawings right. that's and the true. bomb that ready to explode true. and right. you know, that but that's not Bennett's style and right. we shouldn't expect it. You know, people always compare and I tell them it's it's each different. Each one will come right. and and they make a judgment about what is the agenda. He wanted to speak, I think, mostly to the people of Israel. He came, you know, after most of the foreign leaders left. He did meet the Bahraini and the UAE uh, foreign ministers or um, minister of state in the UAE case and um, and he spoke to, to Jewish groups, but he did very little else because right. of uh, COVID and, and limitations. And yantaf. Uh
1: <laughs> Your reaction, uh, Malcolm, and I know we have very little time, but Vice President Harris, according to the headline, validates a student who accused Israel of genocide. Your reaction?
14: Well, I think what she did was... Uh, you know most of the diplomatic language would be unfortunate and i think it was uh, you know the, the student uh, she it turns out she had just given a lecture about people speaking up or whatever right. and the student then said uh, talked about genocide in connection with israel that israel engaging in genocide et cetera, and she was seen nodding her head and saying well you you know you have the courage to speak your truth whatever but she wasn't speaking a truth. She was speaking a lie, and and I think that uh, the administration recognizes that this was uh, unfortunate. I'm sure we'll, we'll I anticipate we'll get some sort of clarification further. I know that there have been phone calls made by people from her office to clarify what what she said, and that she stands 100 behind Israel. That she knows that that was a lie, and that that's never been her position. Uh, but the problem is that the damage gets done. And again, here the media focuses on it. So what's the takeaway that remains with people, like from the vote, not that 420 to 9, they remember that Israel got defeated. Here, they, what, what they will remember is that the vice president didn't challenge somebody who, who accused Israel of, uh, of genocide.
1: Media controls the message. Uh, we'll let everyone know about next week. Malcolm have a wonderful Shabbos and thanks for joining us. Shabbos. Malcolm Holine is executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. With us Fridays, seven forty a.m. Eastern Time here at J.M. and the A.M. with the weekly update. Friday morning Erev of Shabbos as we get set for Parshas bracious candle lighting at six seventeen in New York. Six seventeen in New York. Rosh Chodesh Mar Cheshvan is Wednesday and Thursday. We'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Mar Cheshvan Wednesday. And Thursday, this time each and every Friday, every Arab Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, Spiritual Leader Emeritus, Congregation Sharmay Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin.
15: Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Wow. Here we go. This Shabbos, Shabbos boracous. We have the privilege and distinction of starting the Torah anew, afresh, in a more excited way than in the past. The first thing we have to realize is Barashis bara Elohim that this world has a Creator and not only that but that there is perfect harmony between Torah and the natural world. We see this, number one, in the very translation of the words, Bereshus in the beginning, borah Elokim, Elokim is Teva. Elokim is a natural world, and as the Zohar teaches, that his Hiztakel beOraisa, God looked into the Torah, which was written a Kodesh Baruch 972 generations prior to creation, Bi beoraisa, God looked into the Torah, ubara Alma, and He created a world. He created a world that the land of Israel should be that place that unlike all other lands in the world, HaKadosh Baruch could say to the Jewish people, work it consecutively for six years, and you would think that in that sixth year it would fetch out the bare minimum. No! Just in that sixth year, you're going to get enough to sustain you for that year, for the Shemitah year when you're not going to plant, and the year afterwards. Where is this coming from? It's built into the system itself. Beresh is bara elokim. And there is a very, I think, delicious Orachayim HaKadosh who discusses this at Parshas B'Shalach where the Torah is telling us about Kriyas Yamsuf, and we have a Yom Tov to celebrate the incredible Kriyas Yamsuf. Asks the Orochayim Akhodosh, what's the big deal of Kriyas Yamsuf? After all, the Gemara in Chulin, Daf Zayun Ahmed Aleph, teaches that the holy Tana Rabbi Pinchas ben Yo'ir, was on his way to do the mitzvah of Pidyon Shvuyim, to redeem captives. And when he came to the river Genai, he said to the river, split in order that I should be able to pass. The river said to him, excuse me, you're going to do rutzon konecha. You're going to do a mitzvah which is the will of your Maker. But ani, I too, said the river, holech lasos ritzon koni. I'm going also to do the rule of my Creator, namely that the river should flow. And therefore, wait a minute, you continued the river, suffake, you don't know for sure if you will succeed in redeeming the captives. But ani, but I, I for sure am succeeding in continuing that which I was created to do to honor God by flowing. So said the Holy Tana Rabbi Pinchas ben Yo'ir, if you split, fine. And if not, I will draw you up. And so it split. Rabbi Pinchas ben Yo'ir had another Jew who was accompanying him, who was carrying wheat for the purpose of baking matzes, said Repinchas, split for this Jew also, he too is involved in a mitzvah, and the river split. And there was a third individual, an Arab merchant, who was walking with him, and Repinchas said to the river one more time, split for him? Why? that it shouldn't be said that this is what we do only for ourselves, and we're not magnanimous for others as well, and it's split. Now, the Bala Orachayim HaKadosh asks, wait a minute, when Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to split the sea, the sea said to Moshe, I'm sorry, I am not going to split before you. I was created on the third day, and you were not created until the sixth day. What happens? We're told that HaKadosh Baruch Hu had to extend his right hand to that of Moshe to assist him in the splitting of the sea. And he asked the Orachim HaKadosh, why is it that the river Genai, split so easily for Pinchas ben Yo'ir, and here it required God himself to assist Moshe in the splitting. And he answers in such a powerful way. He says that when God created the world, he put a condition into the Bria, and Rashi brings this condition at the end of the first day of, excuse me, at the end of the first week of creation. So the Torah says that when was this? Come on, this was last Pasuk in chapter 1 the sixth day doesn't say six and Rashi says, Hosefe, hey, Bashishi Bigmar, Masabarais Lomar, Shehisna Imoem, that a who made a condition, Amanas, Shia Kablu Aleyam Yisrael, Khamisha that nature is going to survive only if Am Yisrael accepts the Torah. And the Hashishi refers to the sixth day of Sivan and now continues the Ora khaima that kurish Baruch who put a tnai a condition with the bria that it should be kofuf, it should be subservient to torah and to amoleha those that are workers of torah those that are steeped in torah those who are observant of torah la'soz to do and therefore here we go that in your ear. When did he lived? He lived after Kabbalah Satora. Ah, oh, once we had the S'chus of the Torah, therefore, the river split for him. But the greatness, my friends, of Kriyas Yamsuf, is that Hashem performed this before Klal Yisrael accepted the Torah at Sinai before this. Ah, that already is something that a Kodesh Baruch Hu had to do and be there literally at Moshe's right hand. We find so much in the very chapter of creation which gives us so much guidance as to how to live our lives. On the Pasuk, at the end of the first paragraph of creation, at the end of the first day, Vayi Erev, Vayi Voker, and it was, and it was, Yom Echad, the Medrash says, in the name of Rab Rab'abuhu, made this comes to teach us, and it was, and it was, Shahoya Hakurish Baruch bore olamos umachrivan, Hakadosh Baruch prior to creating this world, created other worlds and destroyed them, ad shabara Elu until he created this one that we are familiar with, and he said, Dein hanyanli, this I like. Now the question is why. L'Havdal Elef Havdolos, when it came to Thomas Edison, I'm not sure exactly, but they say approximately 850 times, trial and error, trial and error, until he got that light bulb to work, or HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't need more than one time. He could create that perfect world the very first time. Why might he have created other worlds and destroyed them? And Rav Salvechik, Sechetzadik Lavracha said beautifully to teach us a very powerful lesson, namely that there are times in a person's life that Lo'olainu, he loses either a close relative or a business that he had sunk years and effort and resources into, and one day it's completely gone. And then what? And then the person is potentially broken. And then what? And then he cannot continue. Chas <laughs> Built into nature is Vayi Erev, that as HaKadosh Baruch Hu created worlds and destroyed them, and then recreates, so too each and every year we have that power. We have that koach of his Shachosh to recreate. Listen to this delicious Medrash. The Medrash is found on the Pasuk in Tilim Perik, Kuf Beis 102, and it happens to be the end of Pasuk 19. Says David HaMelech, V'am Nivra Yahalel Ka. What does that mean? Va'am nivra, so that the newborn people will praise Hashem. What does that mean? Newborn people will praise Hashem. Are we talking about the babies? No. So the Medrash says, and I quote, that there's a machluk, as Rabbi Yehuda says it refers to the Doro Mordechai, that they were nivra, kibria, chadasha. They were given a second chance on life. But the Chachamim say no. Eluadoros, adoros. It refers to the many generations in Jewish history. Shehem kimesim, where the people are literally, they're actually living, but they're like dead. Bimaseim, in their accomplishments. Uba'im. This is the Yalkut Shimoni, and they dive into Hashem on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. Viato and you, Hashem, borei osam. You create them, brio chadasha. Literally, a noon person. Umalim la'sos, and what should they do? Lito Take your lulav and ulahalel oso. And praise Hakadosh Baruch Hu. a new start, a new beginning. Have a, what is this? The Amnivra Nivra Ka. a nation that is just born. Yahalilka, she praise Hashem. My friends, we are that nation that is just born. We are the ones who pray to Hashem. On Rosh Yom Kippur. we are the ones that were given that second chance that new lease on life and now we have a new beginning and so the opportunity to look upon mitzvos with a sense of freshness why do you wash Negel Vasar in the morning so take a look at the beginning of chapter 4 in the Shulchan Aruch and he gives us two reasons the Rush says because during the course of the night our hands might have touched parts of our body which would be improper for us to die until we washed, and then comes the Rajba and says, "Why do you wash your hands every morning three times right left right left whyhar in the morning after the Shana we are like new souls new individuals khadoshim labkorim rabu and therefore we give thanks so borohu that created us for the purpose of honoring him to serve him and to bless his name and that's why we have the brachos and the shachar pokiah ibrim so all these brachos, the idea very powerfully and therefore Look upon the Kiddush tonight differently as if it's the first time you are citing Kiddush. They go together. What does that mean? Very quickly. How do I know that there is a brias, and that there was a creation? Bereshis borolokim. How do I know? And the answer is mitzrayim. Because since at Yetzias Mitzrayim HaKadosh Baruch Hu suspended all of nature, ah, he's able to suspend nature because he created nature. And therefore, the excitement of new Kiddush, the excitement of going into a new Shabbos of greater appreciation. And I pray that this is what we are bringing to the new year. And I just wish to conclude by saying, as we began, that there's perfect sync between Torah and nature. We lost, unfortunately, this Shemini Atzeres, Rav Moshe David Tendler, Seychat Tzadik Levracha, who was not only a Rosh Hashiva, but had his doctorate in um, biology and not only taught Torah, but taught biology with an infusion of Torah, of teaching young Talmidei Chachamim that Torah and nature and science are all one to see the greatness of our Kaddish Baruch Hu he was such a powerful asset to the Jewish community in so many ways he will be sorely missed but his incredible legacy lives on a zichro paruch, and Shabbat shalom to all.
1: J.M. in the A.M. on a Friday morning of Shabbos, and I thank Rabbi Yudin, who of course prepared his remarks yesterday for um, remembering by Tendler, as we have been doing here as well. And then this morning, of course, we are um, uh, speaking of Rabbi Dr. Uh, David Eliach, uh, who uh, passed away. Yesterday at the age of 98, I, I read in one place 98, one place 99. Uh, these are two giants, and the reason they're giants is because uh, from their perch, uh, whether it be in Brooklyn or in Muncie, they had a, uh, an incredible inspiration and an incredible effect on worldwide jury. Uh, those of you not familiar with the lives were by Tendler, Dr. Eliach, become more and more familiar with them. Um, we are uh, We are blessed that the leaders like this take leadership roles and take them seriously and help raise generations and generations of great Jewish families. And I, I, I say worldwide, but certainly in this area, no doubt. Friday morning broadcast on this era of Shabbos Parshas, candle Candlelighting in New York, 617. will bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Mar Cheshvan will be Wednesday and Thursday. Wednesday and Thursday, Rosh Chodesh. Mar uh, Rabbi Avram Biederman is with us live via telephone. He has had the uh, privilege, I think he'll call it a privilege, uh, to bring to the forefront through his translation uh, the works of Rav Moshe Feinstein on Chumash. Comments and perspectives based on lectures of Rav Moshe Feinstein's Atzal. the The work was compiled by Rabbi Avram Shlomo Fischelis and uh, bracious and Schmose are now available we are we are prompting everybody to go to artscroll.com get the brand new on humish you'll be using it for the next half a year or so the bracious smos volume and um and use promo code radio when you use promo code radio you get free shipping and a nice discount how do you like that plug use promo code radio at artscroll.com it's one of life's amazing rules always use promo code radio at artscroll Dot com. Rav Moshe and Chumash is the brand new offering. Rabbi Avram Biederman, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. The honor is mine. It's great to speak to you, Nachum, as always. I appreciate that. H- how does this develop? Uh, I mean, many times we've seen books come out, not only from Art Scroll, but, you know, all over uh, everywhere, um, based on notes, based on audio tapes, based on lectures, uh, from people who sat and either recorded or literally took copious notes as the Torah giant spoke. Does that basically sum up how we've gotten Rav Moshe Feinstein's words on Bracius and Shmos into a publication?
16: Okay, we were very privileged that Rabbi Avram Fashalis was a close palmit of Rav Moshe, began writing Rav Moshe's notes when he was still a single fellow um, in, the in the 60s. Wow. And as Rav Moshe spoke at Shalashudas, after Shabbos, Rami Fischelis would go ahead, young Avram Fischelis would go ahead and transcribe those what his comments. And that developed, and he published the first volume of Kol Rum in Hebrew in 1970 when he was still, a, I believe he was a 19-year-old single fellow. Wow.
1: And, and, uh, and, and obviously I would assume the, that that work was reviewed by Ramosha.
16: The book had the Askamor of Rav Moshe, Rav Moshe trusted him, and with time he began following Rav Moshe around, traveling with Rav Moshe. When Ravmosha Moshe would go to a convention or a conference or an event or a fundraising event, Ravi Fischelis would accompany him, and he would transcribe what he said there.
1: Can you just spe- the- can you just speak to the Shabbos issue for a moment, so people understand what's going on? It's one thing to do what I described in my opening take copious notes as one sits and listens to a Torah lecture. But when one has to try to remember the exact progression, all the sources, and the conclusion of the Torah lecturer after Shabbos, that's a whole new ball game. Yes
16: it is. So thankfully it was a at Shabbos, So it wasn't that far wasn't that far away. That's true. But Rabbi Fishalos was brilliant. He was a brilliant and a very accomplished person. He was he was uh, he was a powerhouse. I remember him very well. He was really a powerhouse in many ways he, in the world of chenoch. He was he was a he was an innovator. He was young. He was dynamic. I knew him a little later. I didn't know when he was twenty. Um, but he was he was dynamic. He was an innovator. He was a, he was ahead of Perch and East Side, which was then a a, a very live, very uh, very vibrant uh, organization. And he had a, he, he was really he was really a brilliant guy, fellow, and uh, he he was able to keep track of it, and he was able to write it down, and he had it, Ramosha, it, it trusted him yeah. to, to do so.
1: Were there other volumes of Cole Rum after that initial frequently one? Frequently
16: gave him his notes, right? Like just so Rav frequently gave him his notes so long before Dorish Moshe was printed. Right. There are pieces that are in that appeared in Kol Rum that later appeared in Daresh Moshe because he had access to Rav Moshe's notes.
1: So how many volumes of Kol Rum did we end up having?
16: Okay. So, uh, Ray Fischelton, in his lifetime published three volumes of Kol Rum. He was well underway to prepare a fourth volume when he was, um, when he was stricken and, um, with, and he passed a year, uh, several years later. But, um,
1: and is it Brezha, Shmos, and Veikra that's, that's out there?
16: No, no. so the three volumes were the entire Chumash. Ah. Each volume was the entire Torah. I don't know that he was planning on doing a second volume when he published his first volume in 1970. Um, like we said, he was a young fellow, very mm-hmm. young. And um, he when he published his work, um, Rav Moshe writes, uh, you know, he... He, he, he has comment from Ramosha on the first volume, on the second volume, and on the third volume. They were all published in Ramosha's lifetime. lifetime. Uh, the fourth volume was probably going to be larger than than the first three. He was putting everything else together. And what the family has done, the family has done tremendous service to Kali Yisrael, and they have taken all the material, given it to an editor who, who put it all in order. We now have two volumes published in Hebrew on Chumash, They've come out with several volumes on on Noadim, um based on based on what their father had put together, their father's had put together. Um they're putting out more in Hebrew and um what happened was Rari Fischelis also put out an English volume called Bastion of Faith in I believe it was in nineteen seventy three. He published the volume in English. Um, what happened here was that uh, somebody saw it and wanted more of it, <laughs> it suggested that we do more of it, and the family graciously allowed us to take this new, comprehensive, complete work and adapt that into English. And that's been a, a, a tremendous chutz for us, for me personally, and for, I believe for all of us um, to be involved in this. So, is it, it, what,
1: so sorry. Are, yeah. the, are these the first of her Chumash commentaries to be published in English?
16: No, so I'm saying, no. We have Darash Moshe, which was right. taken from Rav Moshe's notes, but those are literal; those are really translations of his notes. What we did here was, when Rav Moshe spoke, he his his brilliance in many areas shown through. He doesn't need my askama, but I'm just <laughs> so people understand. When he spoke, all of Torah came into play, and he made far-flung references to things. And his he he was incredible. He had incredible power of uh, homiletical power power of Drush. Talent talented for Drush and therefore when he spoke he touched on many well, like an octopus. Very often it touched on the tentacles reached all over the place. That'll be very difficult and, and that all appears in Kul Ram. What we did here is that we simplified it and we took the the thought that applies to the Pasak really and kept that intact. We distilled the drusha and kept the thought on the POSIC so that somebody could easily share it at a Shabbos table and bring out the lesson that Ramosha was bringing out, without without citing the many sources and the many other issues that that he touched on in the drasha. Uh,
1: did Rav David Feinstein see this before it came out?
16: No, he did not. He it- passed away. Um, he pa- unfortunately he passed away while we were working on it, um, I and mean, perhaps even before we were talking about it. Uh, before we work on it uh, I did speak to reverber about it uh, you know quite
1: a bit interesting <laughs> uh there's a there's a um a, a whole host of uh, of divrei Torah on on many different sukkan for each parsha this is not one of those deals where you have a parsha and you have one thought or one lecture uh, That's <laughs> there there are many many things that people will be able to gain uh and 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 uh, learn from uh, from the safer, it's called Ramoshan Chumash. I'm going to give one example because it is the Arab Shabbos bracious right, Biederman? Now is the that time. Is correct. Now is the time. Is the time for, to get on board. Now is the time for new beginnings, <laughs> and and for those who need to uh, wait because they haven't gotten it yet, and they're going to start at Noach, They could do that also, but I'll supplement it by giving them a thought on Parshas Braces. Vayikra Elo Kim This is what's written on page forty of Rav Moshan Chumash. Hashem called to the firmament heaven. This is how God refers to the sky above as shamayim As Rashi explains, the word for heaven, Shemayam, is a contradiction. It tells us about the heaven's properties. Samayim, it carries water. And Shomayim, there's water there. Eshumayim, it is made of fire and water. Why was it important for Hashem to create the heaven from fire and water? Two contradictory elements. We also learned that Hashem originally made two opposite properties, light and darkness, function together in a jumble. Why did he do that? Only to then separate them to designate light for day and darkness for night. The Torah is teaching us a lesson, everybody. Every character trait can be used properly or improperly, and they must sometimes be used in contradictory ways. For example, a person who properly does not assign great importance to money and is therefore exceedingly charitable might wrongly apply that same value system to treat other people's money and property with abandon, rendering him a thief. Similarly, a person should be humble and unassuming, but he may not treat others as if they were unimportant. Hashem made the heaven of fire blended with water to show us that conflicting characteristics can exist together as long as each one is used properly. Indeed, in Brachus we learn Torah scholars increase peace in the world because they know how to appropriately apply each trait. This also gives us insight into the verse in our prayers. O sesh, bim ramav, he who makes peace in his heights. The heaven made of fire and water. May he make peace upon us so we can correctly apply our contradictory character traits. On the other hand, rather than having light and darkness function together, Hashem separated them that it's light during the day and dark at night. This teaches us that there are situations where a person must be resolute and not compromise. Right, Biederman? Uh, I will tell you that um, that just from the simpleness of day and night, or of light and darkness, one can come up with brilliant Torah commentary.
16: Yes, it takes brilliant people to do that, and Rav <laughs> certainly
1: was. <laughs> no question about that. Rav Moshe on is the book, Comments and Perspectives, based on the lectures of Rav Feinstein. Is there a specific uh, a vart or a specific passage you wanted to cite uh, this morning as an example from uh, from the brand-new book?
16: Yeah, I, ha- I had my own favorite, <laughs> and that is, um, that's that's an earlier PASIC. Yeah, Just
1: give me a second. No problem. Um, Sitting here exchanging is- Divrei Torah on a Friday morning. Not a That's bad, it. not a bad way to spend the morning. <laughs> That's right, and we're giving
16: people the, uh, and we're giving people the opportunity to, to to say this over at their table and That's... share it with their families. If their whole family is not listening, of course. <laughs> <laughs> the Pusik tells us, Sohu The earth was when the earth was astonishingly empty. Right. Rashi explains that the word "sohu" is related to tohe, astonishment, because a person would be astonished and amazed by the emptiness that was there. So if Moshe asks, while it makes sense for a person to be astonished when he sees all the wonders of Hashem's incredible creation, why would someone be amazed by seeing nothing? Considering that nothing had been created, no one was there to be astonished. Why did the Torah even allude to this description? So in reality, the Torah is teaching us a tremendous lesson. We We know that we now know that although only vast emptiness existed before creation, there was the potential for Hashem to create the universe. There, mm. the astonishment is regarding why He allowed that emptiness to exist until until then, rather than create His spectacular universe. Each person is given intellect, ability, and talent to study and to do good deeds. It is up to him to properly use them. If he does not, however, it is astonishing, for despite his potential to create, he is allowing amazing emptiness to exist instead.
1: I love it. One would They've think one, one would think there's a benefit to being parve or a benefit to their to to them being desolate, and it's just the opposite. The asto- right. the Any aston- talent that we don't use is, yeah. is, is it's, it's astonishing that we don't use them. That's what <sighs> Ramosh is saying. Amazing! I love it. Uh, those of you out there, if you're in front of your computer or your phone, go to artscroll.com. Ramosh on is the name of the brand new one. Uh, it's on uh, Bracius and Schmos. I have to ask the obvious question, Ray Biederman. Any plans for Vayikra through Dvorin? We are
16: working on it already. <laughs> Underway.
1: And hopefully by the time we get to Vayikra, huh?
16: Sometime during Chomash Vayikra. I don't know think it'll be helpful. Parts right. part Vayikra, but during Chomash Vayikra, we will, in Mirza have the rest of Chomash out.
1: It's comments and perspectives based on the lectures of Rav Moshe Feinstein and um, compiled, of course, by Rav Avram Shlomo Fischelis. And as we said, the English is a translation, the responsibility of... Um, Rabbi Avram Biederman, our guest this morning. Thanks so much for joining us. Mazel tov on the brand new work. Pleasure. And our best regards, to everybody at Artscroll. we Will do. Have a great Shabbat. Rabbi Avram Biederman, Shabbat Shalom. Rabbi Avram Biederman, everybody. Uh, artscroll.com. go to artscroll.com, Ramoshan Chomish. Discount plus free shipping if you use promo code radio. We can't make it any more enticing, folks. Discount and free shipping if you use promo code radio. You know the rule at artscroll.com. The rule is always use Promo code radio. I think about the um, the foresight. I've seen this before, by the way. When I was growing up, people who were Mitzvah Shabbos literally writing down everything they heard over Shabbos from different Torah giants. I've I've seen it a million times uh, as I was growing up, and you wonder about the incredible foresight that they had uh, to make sure that the words that were said would be remembered as best as possible and would be, uh, you know, with us forever. Important lesson to learn about thinking ahead and, uh, understanding the responsibility we have to pass on important things to the next generation. Candle lighting at 617 in New York. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Rosh Chodesh Mar will be Wednesday and Thursday. We'll bench Rosh it tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Mar will be Wednesday and Thursday. Time to say good is with Journeys at JM and the AM. side sisters in Israel we are with you it's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world the web and Single.com, the Single Network and of course in the beloved NSNF wraps up an amazing week here at JMM. One of a disjointed week but an amazing one enjoy Shabbos gracious everybody our, our Erev Shabbos show is at 10 a.m eastern time coming up with Mark Zamek brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem Arif Shop music mix all day long. Brought to you by a wonderful people like Kedem. Tomorrow night, Saturday Night Seagull with Avrami and with Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler. That happens uh, tomorrow night, Saturday Night Seagull. Sunday, it's JM Sunday with mattis Live starting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. Make sure to be tuned in. Monday, we're back starting at uh, at 6 a.m. By the way, it looks like by Heber's appearance on JM in the A.M. About the 5782 calendar is going to be Wednesday morning Rosh Chodesh. It looks like Wednesday morning Rosh Chodesh will certainly let you know. Have a fabulous Shabbos, wonderful weekend. till Monday, Nachum Sigal reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.